We're going to get into the Word of God in Mark chapter number 10, verse 28 through 30. As you're turning there, this is just uh, kind of picking up in the middle of this conversation where the rich man had just went away sorrowfully because Jesus told him he had to go and sell everything that he had. After he left, he looked at his disciples and he said, you know what, it's going to be hard <clears throat> for those that have riches to get into the heaven of God. And they were kind of taken back by, you know, wow, what do you mean by that? You know, what are you talking about? And he said, it's just hard for those that have riches to be able to get in there because it's still holding on to those things, right? But this is where Peter then begins to talk to him. And then Peter began to say unto him, lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brother, or sisters, father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, but that he shall receive a hundredfold. Everybody say a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, uh, mothers, children, and lands, Amen. He says, you're going to receive a hundredfold back. There's nothing that you give up that you're not going to receive back from the Lord. You cannot outgive the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are going to receive it back. But this is what I want to focus on a little bit here. Right in the middle of that, he's talking about how you're going to be blessed. But then he says, with persecutions. <laughs> he just kind of slides that in there. But in the world to come eternal life. Amen. We are going to have persecutions. He says, you know what? You follow after me, you're going to have all that you need and, and more, but you're also going to have trouble. You're also going to have trials and heartache. But I want to speak to somebody today that may be going through a trial and going through situations in their lives. There's greater things that are ahead. There's greater things that are ahead. And in the world, he said, eternal life. The bottom line is we got eternal life, people. Just keep on keeping on. But until then, I still believe that God has greater things for us. Pastor preached a powerful message this morning, amen, but he used this portion of scripture that I'm also going to use. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 34 through 35, talking about the, the people of faith and how they did great things, amen. And This has always intrigued me uh, how that he says that they quenched the violence of fire, and this starts in verse 34 of Hebrews 11, they, and I'm just picking up in this, but escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness they were made strong, they waxed violent in, uh, violent in fight, they turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and then it seems like mid-sentence, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured. So all these great things that they did and how everything seemed to be going light, right in their lives. But right in mid-sentence, he says, and others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they might have a what? Better. Resurrection. There's greater things ahead. It's not always going to be the victory. It's not always going to be the shout. Sometimes we go through things where we are not very pleasant the things that come against us in this life, the persecutions, the troubles, the, pro the problems, the, the sorrows, amen. But I want you to know that when we're in the kingdom of God, 
God's got everything under control. You may feel like your life is out of control. You've been there. I've been there. Amen. Like things, situations are just wacko, right? But I want you to know that things are not wacko with God, whom we serve. God has everything under control. Amen. He has everything planned out. I'm not saying that every situation that we go through is the will of God, but I, w- I am saying this, that God can turn around any situation for good. And in our lives, there are better things ahead. Hallelujah. How many know that this is the hour of the church? This is the day of the church. Amen. And I guess it's always been the day, but we are really seeing it as the day of the church. People are hungry. People want something that's real. People are tired of going through the motions. They have real problems and real uh, situations in their lives, and they need real solutions. And thank God the church has it, and the name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is the solution to the problem. Can you say amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. It says, for this thing, this is Paul speaking, I besought the Lord thrice, this was his thorn in the flesh, that it might depart from me. And he, God, said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So this is one of our first clues to why we have to go through things sometimes, amen, is so that we realize our weakness, Amen. Because if not, then we think that everything's going good, we've got it all under control, and sometimes we forget God. The whole thing, when we look at the uh, Old Testament example of the children of Israel, and how that when things were going good, man, they forgot about God, didn't they? It took some kind of tribulation or problem or trial to, to bring them back into where God wanted them to be, amen? But he says, my strength is perfect in weakness. We have to realize, and when we are able to do this, even when things are going good, that's when we're really able to uh, progress our walk with the Lord in the kingdom. Because when we realize that we are nothing without God, amen, we are nothing without the power of God in our lives. We must never come to the place where we think, I got this, I can handle this, amen. We need to realize that we are just a weak vessel, hallelujah, that's mighty in the hands of our almighty God. Amen. God can turn anything around, any situation around, but we need to let his strength become perfect in our lives. So Paul said, most gladly, therefore, he said, once I heard this, once I learned this, that God's strength is made complete or perfect. It's made mature, it comes to maturity in our lives through our weakness. And when we come to, he said, when I came to that, he said, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities. So now he's saying, I'm changing my mind here a little bit. I'm going to just praise God in my infirmities. It doesn't matter what state I find myself in. I'm going to give God the glory that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many want the power of God in your life? Amen. Are we able to go to him and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know how to handle this. And I don't know what the reason is, but I'm just going to rely on your strength. And that's when God steps to the edge of 
wherever he steps to the edges and said, thank the Lord, they finally got it. They finally come to the understanding that I, they need me in their life, the power of Christ. He says, therefore, verse 10, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Hallelujah. I want you to know if you're going through something today and you're doing everything you know to do right and you're going through the uh, suffering and the pain of the trial, I want you to know, hallelujah, that you are right where God wants you to be, hallelujah, and he's going to bring you through this. He's teaching us lessons in our situations and he's bringing us right where we need to be and to realize that there's better things that are ahead for us, amen. There's greater things that God has for us. He tried to tell his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you that you might, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. All right, he's telling his disciples. In the world, this world is only going to deal out to you tribulations, problems, trials, and tests. Amen. But he said, in me you have peace. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? It's the peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. When we rely on God, doesn't matter what we're going through, he gives us that peace within us that helps us to see, it, see us through. Amen? That's why the world is just involved in drugs and all the other things of the world is because they have no peace. They don't have that peace, and they go through the same situations and the problems that we go through. Amen? They don't have any other way to cope with it. But when you are a witness to them, and they see you in your situations that you're going through, and realize that you're not on drugs and alcohol and all the things that people have to take to cope with the, the realities of life, they wonder, what's so different about you? Hallelujah. And that's when you're able to be a witness for Jesus Christ. He said, but in the world, this world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. All these tribulations and all of these situations and troubles and trials, when you read about them in the Word of God, it's always associated with worship, rejoicing, be of good cheer, hallelujah. He says, because I've got everything under control, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got everything under control. So let's look in 1 Peter chapter number 4, verse 12 through 19. <clears throat> he said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. He said, Don't think that it's strange. And that word strange, it just means simply foreign. It's not something new or foreign. By implication, it means kind of like a guest or something that you have to entertain. It's kind of like if you get a word picture of it, it's like, you know, you're at your house and you have an uninvited guest that comes. Anybody had an uninvited guest come by, stop by? Amen. They just come by and they sit down in your living room and here you've got to handle or entertain, if you will, the situation. And that's sometimes how we are in our troubles and in our trials, you know, where life is going on and all of a sudden they end up and there they are 
right up beside our house. We got to deal with it. We've got to entertain this thing because it's right here in front of us. And so we seem to at, um, rejoice, he says in verse 13, this fiery trial that has come upon you. It's not something foreign. It's not something that nobody else hasn't come against. In other words, everything that we go through, it's as common to man. He even said that in your temptations. Amen. No temptations taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. He won't suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. God will never put any more than you can bear upon you. Amen. Our God is a good God. But there's come some uh, things in our lives and there's all kinds of reasons. You know, one of them I already mentioned is that we need to realize our weakness and that we cannot do it with God, without God. Amen. Because we cannot rely on our own self, our own heart. Our heart's deceitful. It's wicked. It'll lie to you. It'll lead you in the wrong direction. Amen. We've got to get a hold of the one that can do all things, that knows all things. Hallelujah. And has all things under his control. And so he says, don't think it's strange. Amen. This fiery trial, which is to try you. Fiery trial. I don't want to diminish anybody's trial. Sometimes they're very consuming, like a fire is a consuming thing. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 16 says, there's four things that say not it is enough, or four things say it's not enough, okay? The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and fire that saith not it is enough. In, any, in other words, you can keep bringing a log to the fire, and it's never going to say, stop, I've had enough. The consuming fire, it's always it's saying, I need more, I need more, I need more. And some, sometimes our trial or our test seems to just be something that's consuming us, something that just keeps going, and it just doesn't seem like there's any ending to it. You ever been in that situation? Perhaps you are this morning. And that's why I want to te uh, teach on this message. Amen. There's greater things ahead. This is not the end for you. Amen. But the fire, it can be a consuming fire. Daniel 3, chapter 14 through 30, talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went through a fiery trial. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar the king spoke and said unto them, Is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. So Nebuchadnezzar had this golden image that he made, and everybody was supposed to bow down when they heard the music playing. And everybody did that except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King wasn't happy about it. So he calls them all together. Verse 15, he says, Now if you be ready at the, what time you hear the sound of the music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? 
I think he made his mistake in saying that phrase right there. Amen. Because <laughs> God was listening. Amen. He says, who is it that's going to deliver you out of my hands? Amen. He says that you fall down and worship the image that I have made. This is the, the, this is the purpose of why the enemy would come in and give you a fiery trial in your life. Is to get you to bow down to the worldly things. Is to get you to lay down the cross. Just to say it's not worth it. I'm tired of going through this. I want to lay this down. Amen. That's what the devil would try to get us to do. Is to bow down and to worship the things of this life. And so he says if you don't do these things. Into the fiery furnace you go. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Verse 17, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able, everybody say he is able, able. to deliver us out from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be this known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image. And this in my own words, bow down to the things of this world. Amen. They had that resolve. Things didn't seem to be going very good for them right now, right? Seems like they were in the midst of going into this fiery trial. They were already in it, actually. And here in, uh, in their decision, but here they had a resolve. We have to have this resolve in our life. That I'm, whether God moves on my behalf or whether he doesn't move upon my behalf, I'm still living for God. Hallelujah. I'm still going on. Amen. How many know that sometimes we pray... And God just doesn't seem to be there. Am I the only one like that? I don't think so. Because God's designed that way and he has it for whatever reason it is. But it's for us to build a resolve that says it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what goes. Hallelujah. I'm going to live for God. I don't care if there's a fiery furnace that's standing in my way. I don't know if God's going to move in this way that I think he's going to move. But one thing for sure, I am persuaded, hallelujah, that neither life nor death nor any other thing, hallelujah, is going to be able to keep me from the love of God. Amen. Can you say amen? You've got to have that resolve, that persuasion, that inward certainty that just says, God, I know you've got it all under control. So in verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar, after he heard these things, he was full of anger. He, his countenance was changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because he had elevated them a little bit in the kingdom. But now he was angry and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times over. He commanded the mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them in the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were thrown in there, fully dressed, the Bible says, in the midst of the fiery furnace. And the, even the men that threw him, threw them into the furnace, it was so hot that they were consumed. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down in the midst of the burning, 
fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and arose in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did we not put three guys in there? <laughs> and do we not see a fourth one, low, loosed, walking in the midst of the fire? And they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. When we have the resolve, we can stand upon the promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hallelujah. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I am with you always, even to the end of your trial. I am with you always, even through the midst of your trouble. I am with you always. Hallelujah. Our God does never leave us, does never forsake us. Can you say thank you, Jesus? And nothing can separate us from the love of God. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how uh, bleak the situation is. I want you to know that God loves you. God still has you on his mind. Hallelujah. God is still waiting, hallelujah, for the place where he's just going to bring you through for this because he's got greater things for you, hallelujah. And God is real, helping us to realize that nothing can separate us from his love. God loves us, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. We think that's simple, but sometimes we need to be reminded that God loves us, amen. I've got to be reminded of that of my wife. I need her to tell me she loves me once in a while. Amen. I'll ask her, have you told me you love me lately? You know, I'll put her on the spot. Amen. We need to remind ourselves that God loves us. Hallelujah. He's never going to leave us. He's got a purpose for us. We are the church. I said we are the church. And not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against the church. They're going to try, but they can't prevail against you. Hallelujah. Stay in the church. Amen. Stay in God's will. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. He answered and said, I see four men walking in the midst and they have no hurt. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning uh, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. He's changing his tune a little bit here now. He's probably a little nervous. Come forth and come hither. And they came out forth out of the midst of the fire. The princesses and uh, the governors, the captain, the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them. And I want to give you this uh, guarantee. When we have the resolve, you can stand upon the promises, and we have this guarantee that we are more than conquerors through Christ that loves us. This is the guarantee. If we keep the right perspective in any of our situations, trials, and tests, that we will come out better than when we went in. God, they didn't even have the smell of smoke upon them. Think about it. I want you to know you're going to come out of this trial and this test. 
and there's nothing going to be any evidence or reminder of it. Amen. It's just going to be gone. You're going to move on. Hallelujah. You're going to be a better person, a stronger Christian, doing a greater work for the kingdom of God. And you know what it does to our faith? It elevates our faith. Hallelujah. That we can tell somebody else, hey, God will keep you. God's going to help you. He did for me, and he's no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. In the end, hallelujah, we are going to have eternal life. I don't know what happens. It's just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't know how it's all going to turn out. But one thing for sure, we're going to be delivered out of your hands one way or another. Hallelujah. Because this world is not our home. And this problem that I'm going through, it's going to pass one way or another. And we can say like Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. We don't have to fear death. Amen. Because that's what we're all looking for, right? Heaven, our home. Amen. We need to realize that God has greater things ahead. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke after all this. He said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Hallelujah. Nebuchadnezzar comes to this realization. Therefore, the earthly king says, I make a decree that all the people, nations, language would speak anything amiss. The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to be cut in pieces. Their houses are going to be made dunghills because there is no other God that can deliver after this sore. God's going to show up, hallelujah, in the midst of your situation. I said God's going to show up in the midst of your situation. God is going to show up in the midst of your situation. And all those that are involved and around are going to understand and they're going to see, hallelujah, that the God that you serve can do all things, amen, exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think. That's how great our God is. And what happened with the king? The king, in verse 30, he promoted, everybody say he promoted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They came out better. Everybody say they came out better than when they went in. Hallelujah. God is on the throne. Amen. They promoted him. There's greater things ahead for us. Hallelujah. Pastor preached powerful message that we don't have to fear. Amen. Because God's got a purpose for us. Amen. There are greater things ahead for the church of the living God. Hallelujah. There's greater things ahead for you as an individual. Do you believe that? Come on. You got to believe it. Amen. We got to accept the fact that God wants to deal in our lives. It's not just the church collectively that come to the first Pentecostal, come to this building, amen? But God wants to deal with each and every one of us on an individual basis, hallelujah. God's saying, I want to make you better. I want to draw closer to you. I want it to make a vessel that's used in the kingdom of God. And eventually, I'm going to call you up higher, hallelujah. I'm going to call you home where there's not going to be any more tears. No more sorrow, no more trials, no more pain. Hallelujah. That's when there's greater things ahead. Hallelujah. That God has prepared for each and every one of us. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 7 through 8. 
7 through 18, excuse me. <clears throat> but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The reason why we're in this flesh, right, is for us to realize that the power is not within us. It's because of who dwells within us. That's the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Verse 8, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. This is the purpose, folks, so that we might be the manifestation of God to the world. Amen? When Jesus was here, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was made flesh, amen, and dwelt among us. As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. When Jesus Christ walked here, He was simply the manifestation of God to the world. Now we become the sons and daughters of Almighty God, amen, to become the manifestation of Himself to the world. In other words, it's not all about us. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a minute. It's not all about you. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves, it's not all about my trial. Sometimes we got to just come to the grips, you know, this living for God, it's not all about me, it's all about Him. Amen. I am a servant of Jesus Christ. A servant doesn't have any rights, if you will. We just serve the one that's over us. Hallelujah. We're just here as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to realize and that it's not all about us. All of our problems are not just about us. There's other things, other people that are involved in this. Christ is trying to manifest Himself through our lives. We are troubled. It says, troubled just simply means to crowd or to be in narrow place. You ever felt a little crowded? That's what happens when your, your troubles come your way. They just kind of crowd you a little bit. It's like that uninvited guest that comes in and just sits down and troubles you a little bit and they just won't go away and it's there. You, you don't know how to deal with it. Amen. But it's just a narrow way. They said we're troubled, but we're not distressed. In other words, we are not cramped up. We might be crowded, but it can't cramp our style unless we let it. Because God will always provide a way of escape. The troubles are there to make that narrow way. And what they want to do is they want to capture you. They want to cramp you up to where you cannot be used in the kingdom of God. Or where you cannot function in the way that you want to be. But we are not in despair. We may be in our trouble. Those things may be crowding us a little bit. But we are not Amen. In distress. We are not cramped up. We are not bound by these things unless we allow them to. Amen. God can work through the situation and through the uh, problem. He always provides a way of escape. Amen. And we are perplexed, it says. Perplexed simply means that we can't see 
a way out. We can't see how God's going to do it. We can't see it, but God's able. Your situation may be desperate. It may be very dire. You may feel a little like you are perplexed. Jesus, any way out. Amen. But I want you to know that we are not in despair. We never stand in doubt. Amen. We always have hope. Amen. That's why we're able to come up to this altar and in the midst of our trials and tests and things that are going on, we can't see the end. We can't see how it's all going to turn out, but we can still worship God. Hallelujah. Because we have a hope. Amen. That our God is able. Amen. We always have hope. Never stand in doubt. That's another thing that your trials will try to do is to get you to doubt God. Amen. Try to get you to, to doubt the Word of God, the things of God. Amen. They'll try to come against you, perplex you, but we are never in despair, which means standing in doubt. We are never in doubt that God is able to do what He needs to do in our lives. It says that we're persecuted. We're harassed and oppressed. We're persecuted, but it says we're never forsaken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are never left behind. You may feel like people are pushing you out, persecuting you for your beliefs. You may feel oppressed, but I want you to know that you're never left behind. The one thing you have the church of the living God, and that's what we do is we love people. Amen. We exhort one another. He said, don't uh, forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God. Not just for yourself, but that you're exhorting somebody else saying, God loves you. You can make it. Hallelujah. God's on your side. God's got it all under control. You need to exhort your brother and sister. Don't argue with them. Amen. Don't agree with them in their sorrows and in their trials and all of that. Just say, hey, God's got it all under control. Amen. God is in control. Praise God. But we are never left behind. Amen. That's what the church is all about. And God will never leave you. And God will never forsake you. Amen. You may feel persecuted, harassed, oppressed. But I want you to know that God will never leave you behind. Hallelujah. You need to realize that God has saved you for a reason. Amen. And that you're not going to lose out with God. Just simply you're going through tests and trials. God loves you. He makes every effort to reach out to us. And to lead us and guide us in the ways that he desires for us to go. The other thing says that we are cast down. We're hurt sometimes deliberately. Ever been hurt deliberately by somebody else? Cast down. But we are not destroyed. Amen? We will never lose out. Hallelujah. You will never lose. It may seem like you're not winning, but I want you to know that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Hallelujah. We have the victory and people may deliberately try to hurt you or cast you down. The enemy may be deliberately trying to snuff you out. But I want you to know that if you stay in the Word of God and stay in the church and stay with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are never going to lose. Hallelujah. And you are never going to die. <laughs> We're not going to die, folks. 
We're just going to go from here to there. You can't threaten me with death. That's what I've prepared the last 30-some years is preparing myself for death. You can't, prepare, you can't threaten me with death. Hallelujah. <laughs> we live for Christ. Amen. And, but when we die, it's just gain because there's greater things ahead. Amen. It says, for our light affliction, which is for but a moment. Just a moment. This too will pass. Amen. It's a light affliction. It may not feel light afflicting to you, <clears throat> but it's an affliction. Let's give a little testimony here. I was, um, this fence over here, on this side over here. Anybody work with code enforcement? <laughs> Anybody here from the city hall? <clears throat> Any spies? <clears throat> well, they've been giving me uh, problems and hassles and frustrations over a silly fence, right? I thought it looked good. Don't you think it looks good over there? <laughs> looks a lot better than the old one, right? All we did was replace the old fence, but there's all these hoops that you got to go through. But anyway, the frustrations and all that and everything with that, and I was, it, was, it was aggravating me and you know, I thought, man, Lord, I, this, is, this, is a, this is a trial here. You know, I'm going through a trial. <clears throat> and then pastor got up, and he was telling about that a missionary over somewhere where they were trying to build a church on a piece of property, and nobody wanted the property. And, and uh, so they took the property, and they built on it. And then all of a sudden, it was nice. So everybody wanted the property. And, and here this guy was trying to have a church and get a church, and he was attacked for years and years and years. And, Anyway, I, I got convicted during that because I was worried about a stupid little fence over here. <clears throat> He's worried about the church that's going to help with the salvation of men and women, amen, and being so. Anyway, sometimes we go through light afflictions. If we're not careful, we let them overshadow us. We let them get the best of us, Amen. Just a simple thing as a, a fence. You know, I had to come out. Okay, this is a fence. Okay, I'm not going to lose any sleep over a fence. All right, and so uh, we have to realize that some of the things, if we're not careful, we we magnify the problem. Right? We magnify the problem. I'm not trying to diminish anybody's troubles and problems here, but if we're not careful, we magnify it. What's the Bible said? Oh, magnify the Lord. <laughs> Instead of magnifying our problems, we need to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Make Him bigger and bigger. But our light affliction, which is for but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. Can you say thank you, Jesus? This thing that's happening in your life, it's working in you a far greater eternal, hallelujah, weight of glory. While we look not on the things that are seen, things that are seen, but on the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are what? Temporal. They're going to pass away, folks. The things that we get so involved in in this world, Jesus is trying to get us to look a little higher, to lift our heads up a little bit higher. Amen? Because there's something else that's going on. So in the midst of your trouble and in your trial today, I encourage you to lift up your head, amen, to look a little higher, hallelujah, 
magnify the Lord. Amen. And help ask Him, Lord, what is it that you're trying to show me? What is it you're trying to accomplish? What is it, hallelujah, that I need to do? Because the things that are seen are temporal. They're going to pass away. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. When we stay close to the Lord God, there's nothing that can come against us. Amen. Nothing can come against the church, only for the church. You can try to persecute the church, but it always works in reverse, and the church gets blessed. Amen. And that's the same way it is in our lives because, say, I am the church. We are the church. Hallelujah. The church triumphant. Amen. It's been through the fire, and the fire couldn't burn it. It's been through the flood, and the flood couldn't turn it. Amen. It's the church triumphant. Amen. If you're not careful, I'll start singing. Then you'll be sorry. And it's built on the foundation of the Lord. <laughs> I can't remember the words. Amen. But there's greater things ahead. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, this is Paul. I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, not the things that I've done, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, everybody say that I may know him, in the power of his resurrection, and in the fellowship of his suffering. We want to know him in the power of his resurrection, right? Woo! Hallelujah. Let's shout and praise God over that. But to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, that's a little calmer reaction. Now, wait a minute now. <laughs> but when we go through the suffering, it makes us conformable unto his death. Amen? Verse 13. Brethren, I count myself not to apprehend him. I haven't obtained. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. It's one thing we have to be able to do is leave those, some things behind and just keep reaching ahead because there's greater things ahead. You just keep on reaching. Amen? Just keep on reaching out there. <clears throat> Forgetting those things are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize. There it is. Better things ahead. There's a prize. Who doesn't like prizes? I like prizes. <clears throat> My little granddaughter, she always got come in the door. She says, I got a prize for you. Close your eyes and she'll go out and then she has to find whatever it is and bring it back. And <clears throat> She's uh, something else, but she's always got a prize. I want you to know that Jesus Christ has a prize for us. Hallelujah. And it's the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded, that if anything, anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. He will reveal the things that we need to know as long as we're reaching for the better things that are ahead of us. For our conversation, and that just simply means our citizenship, is in heaven. From whence also we look for our, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not our home. Hallelujah. There's greater things ahead. Who shall change our vile body, this old flesh, this old sinful flesh. We struggle against it with tests and trials, temptations. All this, hallelujah, this old vile, he's going to change it that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Hallelujah. One of these days, the church is going to go up higher, folks. Amen. There's greater things ahead. Don't get stuck in the moment <clears throat> in your trial and your situation. Lift up your head. Amen. Your redemption draweth nigh. Let's all stand this morning. <clears throat> Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word. And Lord, we know that in this world we have tribulations, trials, and tests. I pray for especially for somebody that may be going through it this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll help them to be able to look up, hallelujah, and see that their redemption draweth nigh. Help us, O oh Lord, to learn from our situations and to keep reaching for that high mark, the prize, the high calling that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you that you're in control of all things. We give you glory and honor and praise the name that is above all name, the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen.